Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 65 of the Late Life Career Change podcast with me, Phil Swallow, broadcasting from Croydon in the UK. That sounds grand, doesn't it? It's a bit grey and glum, uh, usual weather report. We still haven't really had summer. Um, I was playing golf on Saturday morning with my buddy, and it was a complete covering of frost. And I don't remember in my lifetime of 15 million years <coughs> of having such late frost. It did clear after a while, but of course uh, the putting can be affected. Those of you all know, or you could probably just imagine anyway. Excuse me, because my throat's been fine today and now I've got a bit of a croak. <coughs> oh dear. Uh, but I've got a glass of water here, so I just have a, a live slurp once again. I'm sure proper professionals don't have to do this, but I do. So, um, how's it been for you? Uh, Hopefully good. Um, We're still in a bit odd times, but it does gradually feel like we're getting a little bit nearer to normal. I certainly hope it will be normal at some point. Um, What I wanted to do was start with, well, sorry, rather than I rewind, uh, the episode's called Know Your Audience, uh, and I'll talk about that, obviously during the course of the episode or show or whatever you want to call it. Um, Good viewing numbers for the last show. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for being patient with me. I hope there was a bit of pent-up keenness and interest in (laughs) what was going on and maybe there was a bit of clickbait in the title. Who knows? But um, I do really appreciate it. I look at the numbers and it was good to see quite a few within the first few hours of of publishing. And... um, yeah, it's, it's, it means a lot. So thank you very, very much indeed. And that also will kind of feature about the title of this show. And uh, again, I will talk about that as we go through. So I've just completed one of these COVID-19 self-tests, otherwise known as a rapid antigen test. Now, they brought these out, I don't know, a month or so ago. And it basically means you can just do tests at any time, uh, this type of test anyway, at any time you can get a pack. We, we bought two, bought, we didn't buy them because you could just get them for free. But we went to our local pharmacy and they took a couple of questions, not kind of detailed name and address questions, but just almost generic stuff. Uh, I think the only thing that I, they they had to ask might have caused some contention is the age bracket that was in. And I, I was a bit cheeky to the girl and said, have a guess. She hovered above the one above mine, which I was quite pleased at. But anyway, she was just being polite. So you could just pick these test kits up. There's seven tests in the box and a little NHS box, NHS blue on it. And it's like a like one of these kind of, when you get a package through the post, I don't know, I'll throw it out there. Contact lenses, that kind of kind of package, little box thing. And um, Sue was very kind to help me go through the instructions. So you've got, you know, your various different component parts and even a little, you know, seven lots of um, sort of plastic sleeves to throw all the waste away once you're done and done and dusted with them. And um, it was, it was weird. I, I followed the, uh, obviously the instructions, Sue and I kind of, kind of going through it. And the bit where you have to put it into your nostril and turn it 10 times or something, it just tickled beyond belief. And uh, and I sneezed twice. Uh, I'm quite a loud sneezer. Um, That's a bit weird. Um, it was a bit weird. And I think that the story goes that when they first started doing proper testing for COVID, 
and I think this was in sort of Korea and that where they kind of built up to it so this is well over a year ago <coughs> um, that they started to do them in booths in the uh, in the hospitals and people were sneezing at that very point that I sneezed and they thought oh whoa if you're positive you just now deposited that in and particles in the air all over well everything so they moved that's why you see them on the news when they're outside um because that kind of helps so i think even well, the one that we went to pre Sue's up back in november that was at croydon university hospital and outside in a little booth very quick um and i think they you know kind of went away and processed it is it the pcr is that the other one <coughs> no you probably know more than i do anyway did it and um waited for the 30 minutes that they recommended even though the kind of results starts to come up straight away and I was negative yay and then I went online registered on one of these government websites and put the information in and um, so I'm kind of it, it will be a little bit quicker to go next time because obviously this was all the confirming name address date of birth NHS number and all those good things so I I'm glad I got the first one done my mate's doing his I think every four days he was saying <coughs> And I don't think there's any num any limits to these. Sue's due to go up to London tomorrow because she's kind of back in getting into that uh, routine of things, going into acting sessions. And uh, she'll probably do one in the morning just to kind of have some confidence before venturing out. So that's cool. And she'll be mixing with other people and it'll be in a room and even though they've got all the, you know, the right procedures in place, excuse me. I was, um, I did have help myself to some, I, pro I may get this wrong, Speculoos cake. Sue made some at the weekend. She made my favourite Anzac biscuits. Love them. Absolute favourite. You probably have to look them up. But this cake was, uh, it's got like cardamom in it. Um, quite spicy. But it was really, really nice. Like a sort of chocolate fudge cake texture, I suppose. But it's got that kind of almost little bit of menthol-y, cardamom-y cardamom thing that you might get. I, I call it almost like a bit of a curry cake. Um very nice uh, have it with a bit of creme fraiche or natural yogurt or something because we've got to be healthy and we're eating cake um really nice uh maybe something to to have a look at so that was uh that was part of that with a cup of tea and waiting for the results to come through which again yeah negative so all good so uh on to stuff that i do uh so i, I did some more work I did a little kind of local ad, I suppose, in, on, on a Facebook page for my headshots. I hadn't had any pick up from that yet, but probably one of these things where you have to repeat them because I'm only pushing corporate headshots now. I'm not doing the acting ones. Um, yeah, so I'm, I might just try that out, do a kind of bit of a sample test, see if I get any traction, but it might just mean that, you know, these things stay on there and then they're searchable. So I might get some business from that. Um, my, I mean, I almost want to call it a mystery video that I've got on YouTube of my Croydon it's called Croydon what happened and it was the video that I never planned put up on YouTube and it's been regularly hit ever since then um just had 10,000 views tick over 10,000 my nearest other video is Dave Hewitt who had to quit his career as a jazz trombonist through getting tinnitus that's had just under 4,000 but it's been up there longer by a couple of years, two and a half years, maybe. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe not, 18 months. Um, so, yeah, so I, um, it wasn't the most polished video that I put together. Uh, I chose the, mo the music to help tell the story, and I think that works. It's short, 
and in people's attention span of modern world that helps as well um, but yeah I was looking at it last night I think when I went to bed it was about 9,991 I thought well, it would be kind of nice to get a screenshot of it ticking over but I was tired so and I woke up this morning it was 10,012 it all happened overnight um, and again as I'll come on to uh, they, they say that follow what's successful well it was such a bit of a hotchpotch really I mean I just captured images that we saw of Croydon on a sunny morning in, in the winter pre-lockdown 2 or three or one or no, no whatever it was it was in November and um, I edited edited it reasonably well using my editing skills but I, I you know people are searching for Croydon and finding it um, so you know getting a, it does do something for your confidence to have a video that you've created on your smartphone <laughs> lasting a couple of minutes to have traction with people and to get 10,000 views so yes thank you YouTube um, but I've been doing some work to extend I mean I, I really in the scheme of things I don't think I'm anywhere yet on YouTube I don't think I've even scratched the surface of starting it off and the reason being is about knowing your audience so you've got to know who you're trying to target for your creative content to then be able to target the audience with your creative content I hope that makes sense um, otherwise you're kind of just going blah with your content and it's pushing it out there if someone picks it up great if they don't there um, but you know have a target audience so one of the themes I suppose with the videos is I want to try and have some kind of emotional pull to a story some kind of connection whether that's done cinematically or musically or editorially um, I don't know but I, I, I think I'm now getting towards my target audience and I think it's people that just want to kind of be informed of things that are around them that's why I've got a whole kind of batch of local films that I've been doing in lockdown because that's basically all we could do in lockdown and I've been adding to that with some more nature stuff the dawn chorus and bluebells where it's more about you know the birds singing and it's kind of a different experience but it kind of still has some kind of emotional connection uh, I think I had about 70 views of the bluebell one in a week or so uh, about nine likes that's quite a good rate you know one like per 10 views pretty good um, but I haven't got that many subscribers I've got 147 subscribers on my channel and you can actually break down in YouTube to see you know are people kind of new people looking but are they subscribing you kind of do some analysis on that and I want to get an audience that are interested in what I've got to offer so firstly I have to make things discoverable through titling and tagging and keywording and all those things has to be up there that people do a search and they can find it kind of obvious but it's amazing how many things aren't and if you can't make yourself discoverable then you're not going to be discovered uh, so been doing some work on that uh, signed up for a service called TubeBuddy and it's great um, they did a kind of discount if you pay annually and then a discount if you've got fewer than 1,000 subscribers which I do at the moment uh, obviously and um, but it's been really helpful so I've been able to not only learn about what I need to do going forward but it also it's given me some tools to go back over what I have now and make it more discoverable and and people are now starting to click on some of the old videos that I put together I've still got to do some work around the edges um, 
and obviously, you know, when you put into practice what they tell you, it's kind of the, you know, that's it's kind of obvious, but you don't, I certainly don't work like that. How would I know how things should be laid out to make them discoverable and findable? <clears throat> you kind of learn the hard way, but I mentioned last week about, you know, learning by failing. So you put something out there. It fails if it doesn't succeed in terms of numbers. And therefore you have to understand and analyse why it's failed and then work out what you can do to make it succeed. So um, so I need to, to determine my audience. I think at the moment, particularly if I add in the London videos I've been doing some work on and I've got another one planned, is that I want people that, from the comfort of their armchair or their device, if they're on a commute or whatever can go somewhere I can transport them somewhere and inform them and help them experience that through the visuals and through the sounds and through the music to have that experience as if they're there with me so that's an important thing that's something I'm kind of actually documenting it now or noting it down now um excuse me <clears throat> there must be something for this is it I once heard through a musician friend of mine that Bruce Forsyth used to gargle with sherry before he went on stage. Maybe I'll have a, a sherry gargle before my next episode. Maybe not if it's early in the morning. So, um, yes, so, you know, you th there's a, a number of things, a number of building blocks you have to put together to be able to get that kind of niche, if you like, that you're targeting. Now, am I the only person that will do that on YouTube? Absolutely not. I mean, Kudos if you've managed to find something that no one else has done before. But I like to think my way of putting it together will be something that I can create. And the next video will be quite different. Um, not going to reveal too much, but it's going to be put, putting in some of these learnings uh, that I've been working on. Um, what I would say is that there's going to be a bit more of me. Because the other thing is, as well as when you're finding your niche and when you are knowing and targeting your audience, is to be yourself. Um, don't try and be YouTuber Fred or YouTuber Harry or YouTuber Frida. Um, be yourself and let that come across because if you're trying to put on an act, it's going to be hard to always put on that act. But if you're going out and being yourself, then you can always be yourself. Uh, so so that is the other thing I'm going to do in front of camera. Now, I've got some experience on some of our vlogs in the past, been on camera that might be doing silly things or eating or whatever. Um but it's very much about, I'm just conscious I've just made some noises, so you might hear a little clonk there. My apologies. Uh, but it's, yes, about me. I, I, I think I've, I've got a dry sense of humour, but I think I've got some appeal that I can bring across to people. And, and that's the consistency that should also be here on this medium, on the podcast. You know, the, the person that you will be able to see on my videos going forward should also be the person you can listen to as well. Um, and I, I'm not sure in, in the past, I, you know, I, I do on these shows, I do kind of set out in bullets what I'm going to cover. Maybe I've done it a bit too tick, tick, tick before, although I like to think I've given it a bit of flow. Probably could have brought some more humour in. You know, when I, when I play these back, so I'll put the old AirPods on and phone and go out for a walk, listen to my show. I mean, I listen to it from a technical perspective and... Uh, at long last I'm fairly happy with the mix that I've got for my voice but I just think sometimes I might put a little quip in I think yeah I should do more of that I mean I'm not going to make it a kind of a joke telling fest from start to finish but uh, I do want it to be something that's just a bit more natural a bit more flow and those of you who know me will like say yeah that's that's Phil so so that's something I'm going to bring in going forward um 
And, you know, I mean, it, when I play golf with my mate Keith, you know, we have banter on the course, we have fun. And that's just something I think I can get across. Golf's going quite well, by the way, but shh, keep it quiet. No, it's going quite well. I had another really good round on Saturday. Handicap was trimmed a bit more. So um, positive thoughts that I've kind of get in there. Um, but it's a funny old sport. Horrendous sometimes. So, um, so yes, the weather is kind of challenging the ability to go out and record video because obviously these are outdoor things now i may do some talking to camera stuff at some point and uh, we'll see how that goes depends um but yeah it's really weird so just just going almost back a couple of subjects but to what the main theme of the show was so there's a guy that i follow on youtube called mark bone bone as in dog and bone Canadian documentary filmmaker, but he's got some really good advice and he a nice personable style. So fresh from me listening to the Tube Buddy podcast and getting this kind of inspiration yesterday about, you know, niche, appeal and being yourself, his video came up overnight that he just uploaded to YouTube, about eight minutes long, all about why you should be a YouTuber now, why you should go for it. And surprise, surprise, he had the themes of niche audience and being yourself and he admitted he actually showed a couple of clips from his earlier videos he said I was trying to be that guy and this guy and trying to be too professional and polished and he said it really didn't matter you know and, and even if you're doing he does a lot of stuff he's an educator so he said you know be an educator or an entertainer if you can do a bit of both brilliant now you know I mean maybe it's just a confidence thing I, I think over time I might be able to do some uh, education uh, depends on the sort of shoots that I do and how I think they might benefit and things that I may discover and gear that I may use so I'm not going to rule that out but primarily I want to be there's some there's some entertainment and some information coming through so that's what I'm going to build into my um, videos but yes it, it was just weird that you know reading on it understanding it from a podcast on my walk yesterday switching on YouTube this morning when I was having a cup of coffee Mark Bones video was the, literally the first one presented to me and it was about all that same stuff. So um, amazing, amazing, really, how these things happen. So, yes, I um, I have ordered a bit of gear, actually. Um, but again, won't mention too much at this stage. But I might, if, if my time allows, and if it's delivered on time, I may do a little local video just as a kind of a vlog-style thing, just to try it out. Um, and, of course, the beauty of this is you can go and record it if you don't like it, it never goes anywhere but you know you want to do it to try and use it so i might start to bring in some of these things that i've been talking about today and working on and um get up on youtube before i get a chance to go to london for my final bridge series and then that'll be moving on to other things so um i must admit i'm quite excited because i feel that i've got a bit more of a steer now and um and because we we've got a bit more freedom of movement i suppose you could you could say that um, that all helps. So that was um, that was it really for this week uh, because, as I say, not not a huge amount has been happening. Uh, thank you once again for listening to the show. Hope I have some good numbers for this one. And um, look after yourselves. And hopefully the good weather will return soon. But this is Phil's. I almost called it the old title. Then it is a late life career change podcast. It is episode 65. It is closing off now. Look after yourself.